Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is This Will Be the Death of Me. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us, keep up to date with our daily photos, and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also hit the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. So, when I recorded the last podcast on Monday, I caveated the beginning of it saying that a lot could happen. And that I didn't want to say anything to be sure until we had knew for sure, but I was pretty confident. Turns out I was probably right. So, about an hour after I recorded that podcast, we got a note back from the bank that they said they were rejecting our offer. They said they wanted more money, which frankly wasn't really that much of a problem. They didn't specify how much more, which is annoying. But they also wanted us to get in writing some sort of indication from the zoning commission or from the mayor that the zoning, the occupancy, wasn't going to be a problem. Well, that turned out to be obviously a very interesting and and problematic point. Now, I should thank the bank because by opening this Pandora's box, they actually solved potentially a future very expensive problem for me. So I go and I figure out, okay, we got to talk to the mayor. I got to figure out what's going on. So I reach out to City Hall. They say the mayor's not in today. He'll be in tomorrow. Well, I can't just go with nothing. So I go in and I feel like, all right, I'll go look up what the current zoning rules are for what that property is currently zoned as. And I'll go figure out, you know, what that zoning means. So I go to City Hall and I talk with the excellent people there. And that particular property was zoned C2, which is a commercial district. I thought to myself, we're a commercial business, that's not a problem. Then I go down to the library below City Hall, and I open up Chapter 133, which is all of the zoning regulations. I spend the next hour reading through all the zoning regulations, and turns out we cannot have our leather business in a C2 district. Leather manufacturing of leather, or I should say manufacturing of goods from leather, not tanning, is by name specified under subheading E of light manufacturing. So there's really no way to fudge the numbers to kind of say we're retail and, you know, to, to push it in that direction. Nope, there's really no way around it. We are light manufacturing or I1. Well, in an effort, obviously, to get some work done on Monday before the mayor got in on Tuesday, I went upstairs, back upstairs. I took a photo of the zoning map for the whole city, and I drove to every single I-1 property in town. I started at the south side of town. I should say the southeast side of town. I met with a warehouse owner who, they, they do a cookie dough, or not cookie dough, I guess it's just dough in general. Um, distribution. So they're a large warehouse filled with dough and they get it in, they ship it out, they distribute it. They unfortunately didn't have any space in their warehouse. He's a nice guy, very helpful. It's a good meeting him. Moved on to the next location. It was the building directly across the street from my house. 
It's an old building. I would be shocked. It's an old low cinder block building from, I'm guessing, the early 1900s. The owner didn't have any space available at the time. Just a little bit of here and there. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe we could make that work. He said he'd be interested in selling for half a million dollars, which we don't have. And I wouldn't want to buy that building for half a million dollars, even if I had it. I kept going around. The way Horicon is set up is that there is a railroad track that goes right through the center of town. The light industrial district is, it basically is a corridor on either side of the railroad track through the entire town. Saw the canning building, the old canning building up the street. It's going to get torn down. That's on light industrial land. All of the storage buildings are on light industrial. That actually became a theme uh, that kept reoccurring, which is that a lot of these light industrial buildings are actually being used for storage, almost exclusively of snowmobiles. I don't know what that says, but it feels like a trope. So I'm driving around, looking at every possible building. I write down some addresses of things that are maybe not really anything I particularly like, but might work. And I then see, as I'm driving around, a Cleary building. A metal-sided, metal-roofed building that looks brand new and is pretty much the kind of version we built. It's about 3,900 square feet from the satellite maps. I can't really tell who owns it. There's, it's a Monday afternoon at that point. There's no cars in front of it. There's no name on the front of the building. There's no phone number, so it doesn't look like it's an occupied building by a business. So I write that down, and I tell my, my realtor that, well, we can't get an answer on the uh, zoning problem from the mayor until tomorrow anyway. I'll, you know, let's pursue this as essentially a backup and kind of keep an eye on it. So the next morning, I go into the mayor's office when the mayor gets there, and I explain to him our situation. Prior to me having that conversation with the mayor, I, we get another email from the seller's agent saying that there's another interested party in the building, and without disclosing anything, she recommended strongly that we put in a clean offer by the end of the day. Well, a clean offer means no contingencies. So, no inspection, no appraisal, no financing contingency, no occupancy contingency, nothing. And she obviously says that if we want the best chance, uh, she would strongly recommend putting it at listing, which leads to me to believe that there is probably another offer that's at or near listing that they are also considering. She said we have by the end of the day, really, to come up with uh, another offer. Otherwise, obviously, the other person that put in an offer is likely to be the one that's considered. So knowing this, I go into the office of the mayor, and we've got a dilemma. Because I can't buy a building that I don't know if it'll be rezoned. The mayor can't grant us approval, apparently, I asked him, for a temporary variance to allow us to move the company into the building and begin work while the zoning stuff gets figured out. Can't do that. So the only way that we could make that building work is to buy that building and stay in our current location, both renting and paying a mortgage, for a month or maybe more. He said at the very earliest he could potentially get it approved by September 28th, so that's at least a month. And that would require, and then, so yeah, so we have both of those, and then maybe if it gets rezoned, we can move. But that's a huge if, right? That's a big maybe. There's a zoning board commission member's house, I learned, two blocks, not two blocks, two houses down from the building. And while the building itself is currently spot-zoned commercial, to transition it into light industrial actually opens up the door to other things. 
like automotive repair and other things along those lines. And there was concern that that particular board member, as well as others on the zoning commission, wouldn't want that particular property to potentially be rezoned. But we don't have a good alternative. We have no other place. So I, they, the people at Town Hall helped me find the tax records for the building that was specifically the one that I looked at, the Cleary building that I liked. And they got me the name and the address of the person that was there. There's no phone number, but the name and address is public records. So they were able to provide that to me. Good news is they're down the road for me. I got, get in my car and I go drive to meet them. I actually ended up at the wrong place, which was a very interesting experience because I spent an hour talking to that guy, which that person that I met before I actually got to where I was going was an, a pure accident and a very, very weird accident and a very interesting accident that felt like a side quest on a very busy day. But anyway, I eventually make it to the home of the people that I'm really after. And I meet this gentleman. He is a nice, jovial gentleman who reminds me a lot of um, kind of the classic Italian mobster stereotype, right? Uh, you know, jovial, larger gentleman, uh, you know, friendly, but there's something about him that makes you feel like he could really make something happen if he had to. He explains to me that the building was something he'd built a while back uh, to store boats, store things, and he didn't really think it'd be the right fit for us, and he also didn't really have any room in inside it. And I'm work. I mean, he he seemed to take pity on me. And so he said, "Well, you want to go take a look at it?" And of course, I said yes. And he said, "You want to ride with me?" And the answer to that question is yes, of course, because anytime you have an opportunity to stick yourself in a car with someone that you potentially want to ask a favor from in the future, do it because it gives you an opportunity to do what I did, which was I asked him about his family. He talked about his kids. I, you know, talked to him about his work, what he did in the past, and you know, we got to know each other a little bit. By the end of this conversation, when we got there, you could tell that he really did want to help, very much so. And he showed me the building, and he's absolutely right. It would not be a good fit for us. It's not insulated. It doesn't really have much electricity. It doesn't have any sewer. It doesn't have any water. I mean, it's not good for us. The rest of the land he owns that surrounds the building is potentially something that might work for us if we wanted to build in the future, right? It's good land for sale, and it's all light industrial, so maybe that might be important, but... That particular point, it wasn't very helpful. We then proceeded to drive around town to pretty much all the same industrial buildings I'd gone to the day before, and he's telling me about who owns them and what he thinks about that and, you know, trying to brainstorm with me. And eventually, he drops me back off at the house, and I get my car because we really hadn't found anything. So I decided to go back to the mayor's office and talk to the mayor again about, frankly, to see if he had any other ideas. When we get there... Kristen is there. Kristen is the person I'd left a voicemail for a few days earlier. She is, I believe, the economic development director. Uh, young person, helpful, very excited, very uh, engaged. She, she really was, uh, she was a very good cheerleader in all of this, but unfortunately there wasn't a lot that she could do just herself. So she talked to me about some develop, economic development areas they've got outside of town for building in the future, which we definitely might take that up because that seems like a really good opportunity, actually, in all things considered. But we were talking about all the different buildings. There was one building uh, called Marsh Automotive that was for sale, not listed as for sale, and they had a little bit of a trouble with the railroad because the railroad thinks that part of the building is theirs. Now, I figure it's worth seeing, and the guy that owns it's name was Mark. Now, uh, there was another person in the same, in the room with Kristen fixing the lights. His name is Scotty, who I found out is the next door neighbor on the other side of uh, the industrial building down the road from me. And he knows Mark well. Apparently they were either friends in high school or they knew each other because uh, this is a small town of 3,000 people. He gave me Mark's number 
and I wrote it down wrong, but that actually turned out to be okay, and all in the end, you'll see why. The real reason I'd come to specifically talk with the mayor is I wanted to see if he could give me more information about who owned the building, the actual person that was next door to the building we were originally going to buy, the one on Clinton Street. Um, I get the name from Kristen. She obviously is happy to share it with me and talk. And she goes, talk to him. He's a, he's a reasonable guy. He's a good guy. You know, he might be able to help. So I, at the same time, I take a picture of the zoning map again because I'd taken all of the I-1 locations, which is light industrial, but I hadn't really mapped out any of the heavy industrial, which is part of the town as well. And so I figured, okay, well, the zoning regulations specifically state that you can do anything in I-2 that you can do in I-1. So at least that's a good backup if I can't make any progress. I drive over to the actual building where the old, uh, the old building we were originally going to buy, and I, I go and I look for the person that's there. I, I know his name now, and I, he's not there, but I talk to his secretary, and then he ends up, I end up calling him on the phone and talking with him. He wasn't really able to help. It turns out that he's leasing his buildings from the parent company that owns the Clinton building that I was going to buy as well. And it seems that his company is, is planning on probably growing, and that's why that company is looking to tear down the building that I was going to buy and put something else there because that's, that's, they want to support the business that's leasing from them. He did say that he would speak to the person that owns the building, and he would call him on the phone the second he got off the phone with me and get an answer because obviously the whole offer to lease that building hadn't gotten any response. There had been no movement whatsoever. And so he said, I'm going to call him. I'm going to get an answer. Because obviously, I know you're on a time crunch. So that's good. So after I leave there, I drive across the street to the heavy industrial district. And I say, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm running out of options. I, don't, I can't get a hold of Mark because I'd written the number down wrong. I don't really have a good answer on that lease. I can't, we can't buy the diner, not knowing if we'll be able to rezone it. And the building that I'd hoped, the Cleary building, that was this, apparently one of the only industrial buildings in the area that it wasn't either full or whatever, is actually full. I'm not going to be able to have that. So I go over to the first warehouse in the industrial district. Now, if anybody's ever been to Horicon or you ever go to Horicon, you'll realize that on the north, mostly west side of town is the John Deere plant, a very large John Deere plant. And the warehouse district is across the street from the John Deere plant. And it's all of the support companies that support John Deere, right? Anybody who like these are all of the companies that make the tires and make every other part of the John Deere. And uh, they all have warehouses there because obviously, why wouldn't you? So I walk into the first warehouse and, and this is one of those things where at this point it's, I've gone, I have met at that point, 12 business owners. I talked to almost all of the small business owners in the light industrial district. I met them all. I begged and pleaded to see if any of them had space. And so you'd be shocked to find that when I walk into this first warehouse, just cold calling, no idea, never been in this place. Don't know who owns it. Has no idea. I walk in and the first thing is I walk into an empty office. It's the front half of a warehouse. So there's a warehouse, and the back of the warehouse is filled with tires and two gentlemen doing scanning there. But the front of the warehouse, where all the offices are, is dark and empty. And there's a, I'm guessing, a high school person who's cleaning it, and she's part of the cleaning company. I said, I walk in, because she was the first person I saw. I said, do you, do you know if there's anybody here? Uh, she's like, uh, well, I just do the cleaning, but the people you might want to talk to are in there. And so I go in the warehouse. There's two people in this massive warehouse scanning tires, and they say, oh, you want to go talk to, to Spedley? He's, uh, He's down the road in the other WB building. I say, okay. Well, thanks. And so I'm on my, I'm getting in the car and I'm pretty excited because this is the first space in this whole town that I found that might actually work. It's too small for our needs and it's not really properly set up for what we would do, but it's an empty 
building with a roof over the head and electricity and air conditioning, right? So, and bathrooms. So that's a good start, right? That's more than we'd had previously. So I walk, I go drive up to the other warehouse district, all surrounded by big warehouses. So I walk into the building. There's no indication anywhere where the office is. And I ask a random person who is just walking around, hey, do you know where Smedley's points me in the direction of the office? And I walk into the office. Smedley's there talking with a couple of people. I'd never met the guy. So, hey, is anybody here Smedley? He goes, oh, that's me. And I say, you know, I don't mean to cold call you like this, but I'm in a bit of a pickle and I'm hoping you might be able to help me. I run a small business. Uh, I tell them the whole story, what we're doing, what we're trying to do, the fact that I wasn't able to buy these buildings and that we'd hope to build them. And he goes, you know, I actually think I might have a better space for you. And I say, by all means, tell me about it. He goes, you know, hop in the truck, I'll show you. So he, I get in the truck with him. He drives around town to one of the only warehouses in town itself, which I'd kind of overlooked because, frankly, it didn't, it didn't strike me as a place that would have any open space. We drive up to this warehouse. It's a 40,000 square foot warehouse. And he opens up the front door to the offices attached to the, that warehouse. And these are much larger than the offices in the other warehouse. This is a much larger office. There's multiple rooms. There's a big main room. There's two unisex bathrooms and two offices. It's air conditioned. Yesterday was an incredibly hot day. It was just blisteringly, humidly hot. And so when I walked in, the first thing I'm like, oh, thank goodness. There's air conditioning. It's heated. It's air conditioned. It's got electric. It's obviously got water. It's got two bathrooms. It's got a couple of rooms. And he said, yeah, we haven't been using this. We haven't ever used this. So if, you know, if you can work it out, you know, we'd love to, we, this would be a great place for you, at least I think. And I'm like, this would be perfect. And he shows me the rest of the warehouse and obviously it's fine. It's a warehouse filled with stuff and there's guys working there pulling parts, but we wouldn't need any of that. So he goes, I actually don't know how many square feet this is. I'll, I said, I'll walk it out with you. So the floor tiles are one by one. It's easy. We counted out. I'm drawing a little map of all the square footage and we find out in the end that it's a little under 3,300 square feet, right? So it's actually a pretty decent size. As far as its layout goes, I still have to spend a little more time thinking about it and, and you know, how we'd lay things out. But even if we had to lay things out in a not ideal way, they'd be indoors, right? That's a, be- that's a step up from, from what we currently have as far as the projections. So I, I say to him, this might be perfect. He says, I'll get my guy on the phone and I'll have him call you. We'll, we'll work something out. Uh, you know, he said... We can be flexible, you know, and I'm hoping that, obviously, I haven't seen the lease option yet, and I haven't talked with their people yet, but honestly speaking, I do think he seems like a really nice guy. He seems like he wants to help, and he seems like he's understanding of our position, and frankly, when it comes down to it, I, I mean, I think we're helping him by taking it off the building, but I also don't think that he's, I don't think he's going to lock us into a long lease. I don't think he wants to do that. I think he knows what we're trying to do, and he, and he respects that, and, you know, and he's a business owner himself, so, so that was good. That was a good call. So we get back to the office and he drives back. He's kind of showing me some of the other warehouses and we drive back and he goes, I, I was talking about, he says he was walking, working through the buildings in town. He goes, did you ask about this building? Yeah, but I asked him what didn't have any space. How about him? How, yep. And I'm working. He goes, wow, you really have gone to everybody. I said, yeah. He goes, I said, the only people I haven't been able to get hold of is Mark from Marsh, or Marsh Automotive. He goes, oh, Mark works for me. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. You want to talk to Mark now? I said, I mean, if, if he's up for it. So he gives Mark a call. And, uh, you know, he says, Mark, you, you, you want to come up here? What are you, what are you doing? He says, Mark's not doing anything. So he's, he comes up, Mark comes up, I meet Mark. And Mark tells me that, you know, yeah, he, he's, you know, kind of selling the building. He's got a little bit of an offer now, but it's kind of, it's kind of pending. It's going, you know, it's not in a hurry. And, you know, he's technically, you know, he'd be open to other offers. And if I want, I'm like, you know, can I see the building? He said, yeah, let's meet at 430. It's like 320 at this point. So unfortunately, I don't have time to get my broker out from Milwaukee here. So I walk through the building myself at 4 30 and i just video the whole thing now the building itself 
the other building. And that's for sale. And he wanted like $200,000 for it, right? The main building is probably okay. It's probably workable. It would need money to make it what it would need to be, right? We need to replace the furnace, I believe. The air conditioning probably would need to get replaced. It has this massive 60 by 60 by 20 foot tall ceiling workshop with two massive, three massive overhead doors. And the whole room, including the ceiling, is insulated. And the, whole, the garage doors are insulated, right? And it's got this concrete floor. So functionally, I mean, that's 3,600 square feet. If we did nothing but put everyone in that room, it would be fine. And there's an attached office, little offices, old. There's another on the building on the other side. And it also has, um, at the far side, a concrete building. And he showed me where was the contested area by the railroad track, and it wasn't really very much. Moral of the story, if we were really interested in that building, and we were really pushing, and we were willing to spend that much money, and I, I wouldn't want to spend that much money on it. I'd probably spend a little less on it and maybe do that, but it's kind of too expensive for us at the time. What I would do is I would turn that, that, that concrete building, because that doesn't have any air conditioning. It basically just has a roof. I'd turn that into parking. Because it would actually turn into a really nice parking garage and there's not much other parking available. And so it would keep, you know, the snow off cart people's vehicles in the winter. Uh, so, you know, that, that was an option. And it was a crazy coincidence that Mark happened to work for him. So, here I am. I'm recording this Wednesday morning. I only mention that specifically because there's, it's, as you can tell, a lot's changed and a lot's been changing. I still have yet to hear back from Smedley's guy, but I'm going to give him a call. We're going to work on sorting out, you know, this lease because I really think that that's the best option for us. And once we get that sorted out, we'll be good to go. Oh, I did want to mention this. I heard back from the person who's leasing the buildings next to the building that we were going to buy. He talked to the guy on the phone, and apparently the partner said that we could move in whenever we wanted and they would sort out the lease later because he knew that we had a time crunch. Which... If I didn't have a backup, or I guess I said, if I didn't have what Smedley was able to offer, I probably would be backed into that corner. And I'm really glad I'm not currently being backed into that corner because, I don't know, there's just a bitter taste in my mouth to give those people money after all that we've been through and all of the time and trouble that it's been. <sighs> this whole process has been exhausting. It's like, I, 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 I joked that this process, this last month and a half, two months, but specifically the last couple of days have just aged me a hundred years. It's been so stressful, but hopefully, and I've said this many a time, I think we're on plan, I don't know, M, N, something like that, but I think this one might work out. So I'm hopeful. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in next Tuesday and next Thursday for our next topic, and don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified when we send out new episodes. And I'll keep you guys posted on the evolution of this process. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder or journal, folio, accessory, anything we sell, feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co or in contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible, but we do appreciate your patience. If you got a quick question or you want to change something on your order, feel free to give us a call at 414-434-9001. And you can t call or text that number. Uh, it's 414-434-9001. And we're available Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. Uh, but we're closed on federal holidays. So if you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow. Uh, both a review on the podcast app, whatever you're listening on, but also a review on the product itself. If you want to go read all of our amazing reviews, you can go to murdycreative.co slash reviews. 
That'll take you to our page. We've got everything listed there. Uh, there's a button there that says leave us a good review. You click on that, it'll take you to facebook.com slash murdycreative.co slash reviews. There's a button there that says, do you recommend the Murdy Creative Company? You click yes, and you can write your amazing review. We love them. We read them. They make our day. They're a very important part of the wonderful employee morale we have. If, however, you would leave us a bad review, there's another button there that'll get you directly in contact with us. Please, please, before you leave us a bad review, give us an opportunity to make it right. It's very important to me personally that everyone has a good experience with the company, and we will do everything we can to fix problems. So please, please, please give us that opportunity. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Always has been, always will be. So tell your friends and family, and frankly, your enemies too, about the company. If you go to the website in the bottom left-hand corner, there's a rewards button. When you're signed in, you get 5% back on any purchase you make as in-store credit, but there's also a shareable link there. When you share that with your friends and family, they get $5 off their first purchase and you get $5 of in-store credit. So check that out. Helps them, helps us, helps you. It's great all around. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to talk about just about anything I can. So definitely leave it in the comments below or send us an email, sales at murdycreative.co. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell, uh, for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, uh, you can add all of those items to your cart and a bulk discount will be automatically applied. So you can mix and match to your heart's desire. It's only based off the total cart quantity. So feel free to add however many you need of whatever and it'll automatically apply. If you're interested in strategizing on that bulk discount and you don't have a specific number in mind, feel free to reach out to us. Send us an email, sales at murdycreative.co, sales at murdycreative.co, and we'll be able to help figure out the best price for the best product at your, uh, for your bulk discounts. So reach out to us if you got that. If you're looking for a custom engraved item, we have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's a flat fee of usually $15 per book, per item, I guess I should say. I can go up a little bit depending on the size and complexity, but that's relatively rare. So it's $15, and that's before bulk discount. So you can get just one of something if you want just one. But if you want to get a bunch of things and you want them all to be engraved, that 15% or the $15 can be discounted significantly by the bulk discount. So check that out. Send us an email if you're interested in getting something custom engraved, sales at murdycreative.co. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day, and goodbye.